Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. It's game day. Indiana with a big clash set tonight against Northwestern, who's having a really good season and actually joins Indiana right now, tied for second in the Big Ten Conference. Lots of talk, lots of preview about that big contest today. It should be a war tonight. And I want to take you back to start the program Sunday, January 8th. Indiana, after that long break, had finally gotten back to action a little earlier in the week. Remember the long holiday break? And Indiana, at Assembly Hall, lost to the Northwestern team 84-83. And that was really, the I don't want to say the start, but just another point uh, in that early January where you think, uh-oh, this Indiana team is in trouble. They are not going to come close to meeting the preseason expectations of being a front runner in the conference. And it was really a loss that on this show and everybody that covers the Hoosiers and writes about IU thought was a very bad loss and not a good sign for Indiana. Uh, since that point, Northwestern has went on to have just an absolute fantastic season. They are 18-7 and overall. They are 9-5 and in the Big Ten Conference. They are coming off a win over previous number one in the country, Purdue. And uh, this will be a great game tonight. I, I fully believe that. Uh, so Northwestern, much better that even in early January, what we thought they would be this season, let alone where people projected them to finish in the conference uh, back in the preseason. So Indiana, of course, on the flip side of that, Indiana has won eight of nine contests. They've now won three in a row. Uh, Purdue and Rutgers at home, two very good teams in the conference. Purdue also, I know they're having some issues here lately, but also number one at that time. And then Michigan, a scrappy team on the road. Indiana picks up that one, battled down the stretch when it looked like for a bit it may not go their way. So the Hoosiers and the Wildcats are both playing some really good basketball. And uh, that should mean for fans tonight here on this midweek game, a really good competitive contest. And tonight's game, a 9 p.m. tip-off on Big Ten Network. And, again, it should be a good one, and it should be a lot of fun. So uh, definitely going to be one you want to check out. I think it's uh, all set up here for a big mid-February game, and I think it's very apt that this game takes place on the 15th of February. We're beginning to think about all the things that come along with late February and March, and uh, the weather at times is beginning to peek through and remind you that uh, the winter's not always going to be here, and that's kind of the time that we really hone in on the Big Ten Tournament 
and the NCAA tournament. And so this is a really big game. If Indiana could find a way to get this one done up at Welsh Ryan Arena tonight, uh, it would be just an exclamation point on what has been really a fabulous 2023. It didn't start off great, as I mentioned, the loss to Northwestern and some other slip-ups early in January. But, boy, Indiana has been on a roll uh, since that point. So big game today. We'll talk all about it uh, here on this show today. And glad to have you with us for this Wednesday edition of our program. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. It's a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, our headlines of the day. We'll get you set for Northwestern tonight. Uh, a little bit more on IU and their bracketology here in mid-February. We touched on that yesterday. And I wanted to run through what some other people have to say about the Hoosiers as well. And and last night, Tuesday night, always forget once we get to this part of the high school season, a really big night for high school basketball. I actually had a chance last night to see Jack Benner in Brownstown. They were able to defeat Floyd Central. The Highlanders hung tough early, and Highlanders are playing better basketball with Washington and Ali and some other weapons. They, in this crazy 4A sectional at Seymour, could be a player. Uh, Jennings County, I still put as the favorite, but Jeff coming on strong. They had a big game last night over at Louisville Ballard. So we'll recap some of the high school happenings from Tuesday night as well. And then later in the show, uh, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star is with us. We'll preview the IU Northwestern game with him and look ahead to the conference and the rest of the season and the Big Ten tournament and some of the really fun things on our upcoming agenda. And then later in the show on Wednesdays, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, stops by. We talk local sports and a lot of high school basketball this time of year and getting set for girls semi-states, could Lanesville at New Albany hosting the uh, 1A semi-state this weekend. Can they get through two big ones there and punch their ticket to Indianapolis? We'll talk about that uh, and more coming up here with Josh a little bit later. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And don't forget, send me a text, 502 414 1450. Again, 502 414 1450. That is the Thornton's text line. And we would love to hear from you if you've got a question, a comment, a prediction. IU, maybe it's the women's team. Who knows what it is? But sound off. We'll fit it in our show today at 502 414 1450. Right now, at Thornton's, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant. Or a steak and egg burrito and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20 ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on. Thornton's. And let's get into some of the headlines of the day. It all starts with IU and Wisconsin. Uh, again, those two teams tied for second place behind Purdue. And of course, Northwestern is coming off a win over Purdue, as are the Hoosiers a couple games back. It was the last game for Northwestern. It was three games back now for Indiana. And both teams have won three consecutive games. I mentioned Indiana has now won eight of nine, where Northwestern has won six of its last eight contests. So I don't think there's any argument 
or anything wrong with saying that both Indiana and Northwestern are the two hottest teams in the Big Ten Conference right now. In fact, if you look across college basketball at teams that are improving their postseason resumes and on win streaks, Indiana would be probably above Northwestern in that category. But both of those teams, very hot teams on the full college basketball landscape right now. So uh, this is all set up to be a big one tonight. Of course, we go back to the, the loss that looked so very bad at the time on January 8th, but looking at it now, it, maybe it wasn't that bad of a loss. This is a really good Northwestern team. One of the other easy storylines for the game tonight, Miller Cop. he came from Northwestern via the transfer portal. He will return to Northwestern as well. Miller Cop played his first three seasons uh, for the Wildcats before coming to Indiana last season, and uh, that could be his last chance to beat his former um, program, his former team, his former coach. Uh, and, of course, uh, as a freshman, Cop uh, worked his way into the rotation for Northwestern, but then as a junior, really, when he became um, you know, a, a big step forward as far as uh, a major part of that team and their offense, and, of course, he was known at Northwestern for coming off those screens and getting a lot of good looks from outside and able to capitalize on a lot of those looks from the outside. But that's obviously a big storyline tonight. Uh, Indiana, a 1.5 point favorite. So one and a half points. The Hoosiers are the favorite in the game tonight. Looking at the Ken Palm uh, score, uh, and I, I like computer ratings more than I like anything else that's out there. Northwestern is number 47 in the Ken Palm ratings. Indiana is number 19. But based on that computer formula, uh, Ken Palm has Northwestern winning. 70 to 69. So the computers say it that it's going to be close, show that it should be close. And I think common sense tells you, based on what these two teams have accomplished recently, that uh, you know that the, this game should just be really a nip and tuck game uh, down to the wire. So um, that's kind of a, a look at the game tonight, but uh, definitely no question a big one for IU, a big one for the Wildcats. Should be fun, a 9 o'clock late night matchup here on this Wednesday evening, and we'll see if Indiana can get it done on the road here against this uh, Northwestern team. Boy, there have been some crazy results in the Big Ten. I'll, I'll get to that in the next segment with Dustin when he joins us, but there have been some crazy results here in the Big Ten as of recently as well. Bracketology for the Hoosiers. Touched on this yesterday. Bart Torvik has the uh, IU team up to a number four seed uh, as of earlier this week. In fact, a lot of these are updated on Tuesday, so most of these were updated yesterday. Joe Lenardi, the original bracketologist from ESPN, he's got Indiana up to a number four seed. Bracket Matrix has Indiana a number five seed. Jerry Palm, he's also... One of the original bracket guys, he has Indiana as a number four seed, uh, and Andy Katz of NCAA.com, he's got Indiana as a number four seed as well. So kind of a look around at uh, some of the seeding projections for this Indiana team, and that's where things stand. Four is the highest right now. Uh, a number of people have Indiana in the number five slot as well. High school basketball on Tuesday, lots of games. Good win for Clarksville. The Generals got a much-needed win, 58-57 over North Harris. 
Harrison last night. That is a uh, Mid-Southern Conference contest. I mentioned Brownstown and Floyd Central. The Highlanders could not uh, compete, especially in the second half with the Braves. Jack Benner did not have a terrific game, but still scored a ton of points for Brownstown last night as the Braves cruised to a victory there. Uh, Christian Academy, one of the hot teams locally, they have now won, I believe it's six straight games in a row. The 1A team, the Warriors, definitely going to be a factor in that sectional. Eastern Pekin, they defeated Rock Creek last night, and then Springs Valley uh, beat New Washington and the new Washington team had been on a little bit of a winning streak the last few games, but Springs Valley a winner 74-60 last night uh, in that contest as well. Then Crawford County got past Borden 60-54 on Tuesday night as well. That one was a little bit of a surprise. Crawford County, just their sixth win of the season last night. Borden 14-7 on the year. They've been coming on as well and could be a factor in that local 1A sectional also. Big game over in Louisville last night. Jeff, the Red Devils, played at Ballard and uh, hung with them tough early on and into the third period, but the final score, Ballard a winner, 89-77. So for Jeff at 10-8, and eight, really a good uh, battle, a good test here in February, and they hung tough, although they couldn't get the win. Ballard 22-4 and four on the season after the victory last night. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll be back with more after this, including IU Northwestern with uh, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. We'll preview that game. We'll talk about the matchups and a lot more coming up here in the next segment. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday program. Talking with us now, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. He's with us Wednesdays. We talk IU basketball and Big Ten hoops and and a lot more when Dustin is with us on the show. And, Dustin, this uh, has all the feelings of a big game late in the season that is very meaningful for both teams. I think those of us that have covered Indiana or those that are big Indiana fans are used to games this time of year that Indiana's back is against the wall. They have to win to keep alive their hopes at NCAA tournament opportunities. This game tonight, it's big, but for different reasons. The winner of this game is going to have second place alone, I believe, in the Big Ten Conference and also really help their tournament resume here in the middle of of, uh, the month of February. Yeah, I mean, pretty well, this is the game that's for second place in the Big Ten. Uh, But, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they've... They put themselves in such a better position, you know, really over the last month. I think this quality of play uh, is so much bigger. And, and, and again, you know, they're, they're in a position where they're you – know, obviously the bottom could fall out, but at this point they seem to be pretty much on the safe side for this is going to be a tournament team. It's just a question of how good they can be and staying in striking distance up Purdue at the top of the Big Ten. Um, 
and yeah, it's been a while since we could say that. Uh, it, it's been it's been several years. Obviously, going back to 2016 was the last time that you're talking about uh, being in, in that stratosphere of the Big Ten standings at this point in the season. It's usually been your seventh or eighth or ninth, and it's just, you have to win this game just to to, to keep your hope alive. Uh, and at this point, they've just completely turned it around. I mean, about a month ago, we were talking about what you know which game is must win or whatever, and they won a bunch of those must win games, and all of a sudden they're in a position uh, where you know a game like this is setting been up to stay at second in the league and stay in striking distance to Purdue at first. Dustin Dopirak, the uh, Indianapolis Star, my guest. This Northwestern team, they are equally hot uh, coming in off a win over Purdue. They've had some good production from a number of players. I'm trying to think back to all of our conversation over the summer and the fall, just waiting, wishing for basketball season. When we talked about this conference and where Indiana could maybe be at, I- I'm trying. To, where was West? Where was Northwestern at in those? early days they they weren't anywhere thought of to have this kind of season and be in this kind of position here in the month of february yeah not high at all and especially considering what they lost and i think um you know uh, losing pete nance obviously him going to north carolina i think a lot of people thought okay well that's your that's your chance uh you know if you were able to keep him around you know maybe you had a crack at it um and i'm trying to think of what they lost but obviously they keep audience and and Bowie, and you knew they had a shot uh just on the basis of having those couple guys to be respectable, but I'm, I'm sure that I probably had them in my bottom four because uh, they're Northwestern. I mean, I probably kept them there um, just out of that. Uh, and, you know, but I, I I think you definitely looked at the league this year in general and thought, okay, like a lot of different things can happen here um, because everybody is losing somebody um, and we're sort of guessing as to how everybody's transfers are going to be. I mean, I think I, I definitely rated Ohio State much higher than they are on the basis that I thought a lot of their guys, you know, the Sean McNeils and whatnot, were, were going to be able to take them someplace. Uh, and they really haven't. Isaac, uh, I can't even remember. I didn't spell his name, but uh, likely to be or whatever. I mean, there was a lot of guys that they had that were at least reasonably proven, and you were looking around the league and you weren't seeing a lot that was proven. Um, and Northwestern was in a case where they had a couple of nice players, but that was about the extent of it, and you didn't see the kind of depth that you had. You've seen from them on teams that didn't make the tournament. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously we've seen a lot of, a lot of Northwestern teams almost make it um, that looked better on paper in July and August than this team did. Uh, but here they are. I mean, it's just, you, you just never know, and obviously it helps that there's uh, a lot of other teams were reshuffling and they had some proven guys that were able to, to make some, you know, uh, make some strides and, and really become stars this year. Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis star talking IU basketball here on this game day. Before we break down the matchup tonight, I get this question on a daily basis here on the show. So help me mm-hmm. talk through it. Uh, as far as big 10 standings, is it possible, is it meaningfully possible uh, for Indiana or whoever, Northwestern, someone to catch Purdue? Or is Purdue padded enough that even though they've slipped a little bit, unless the real, the, just the bottom falls out, are they safe for a Big Ten championship? I don't think so. I mean, I, uh, I don't have the standings in front of me right now. I'm driving, but I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, they've got two losses, right? Uh, and I think... Indiana has, what, five? Um, so I, mean, I think, I mean, yes, the bottom has to fall out, but the bottom line is, I mean, the, the math is the math. It's, it's, I think there's enough uh, games still remaining that they could, you know, they could technically lose enough. Uh, I, I think that they're still in that, that position that, um, that, that yeah, there's, there's enough games that they can lose. And, uh, I, I mean, obviously I think losing 
to Northwestern was really big. I think that was their, if I'm not mistaken, that was their second league loss. Or and they, yeah. So I mean, like losing to Indiana and and, uh, and Northwestern, I think in succession, you know, like puts it back on the table uh, that it's conceivable. But I think I'm pretty sure the Northwestern and Indiana have five losses each. If I'm not, you know, if I'm not mistaken, and I think if so, whoever wins this game has a crack at it. I think um, on that basis. So I, I think Purdue's got enough games left. Uh, I don't think they're guaranteed a, uh, a share of the title. Uh, they obviously would have to lose a lot, uh, you know, lose most of what's left, but I think there is still enough left that they could technically, uh, you know, end up blowing it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if the Boilermakers can bounce back based on their remaining schedule for sure. Uh, Dustin, let's get into the matchup tonight. Obviously, when you think about Northwestern uh, from an Indiana perspective, we all think about Miller Cop because that's where he spent his first three years of, of college basketball there, and he was a very meaningful player for them before deciding to enter the transfer portal and ultimately landing at Purdue. This is his last chance to get a win over his former team. Yeah, it's been harder than you would have expected, but I mean, he's obviously, he's been just such a big piece, I think, of what they've done lately. I mean, I think you've seen a lot of growth in him. A lot of it comes, you know, from an Indiana fan's perspective, you had to sort of get a sense of, okay, this is who he was, this is who he is, this is who he's going to be. Don't try to think of him as something other than that. Um, but you could be surprised if that's kind of where you where you put him, if you have a sort of a realistic sense uh, of what he can be. And I, I think he's become a really good positional defender, a really good one. I mean, I think obviously he was really key in, in you know, putting that, uh, that Michigan game away, was getting in the way of Jet Howard when he was shooting that shot. Um, he's become so much better, and, and he's, he's not forcing shots. As much as uh, I think, uh, you know, a lot of Indiana fans look at it like, well, you're shooting 45 or whatever percent from three, you know, why don't you go try to shoot more? Because then you would make more threes. Um, but he's shooting the shots that are there. Uh, he, he's hitting his. He's not trying to force anything. I mean, he's not trying to create his own because that's ultimately just not his game. Um, and But he's, he's hitting the shots that are there. He's been just very efficient um, and uh, just really been one heck of a final season. Uh, for him, I think there there were a lot of uh, a not small number of people in my mentions that were saying, "Well, you know, you got to move him along. You got to you know shrink his minutes, get younger players in there. Um, you know, he's ultimately not going to do enough for you, but he's done a lot. Uh, he's done really a ton uh, for this team and been extremely important. I think, and, and yeah, I've absolutely been a case, uh, player that they would not be in the same place uh, if he hadn't made some of the strides that he had this year." Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Thinking back to the first matchup between these two teams, uh, obviously a lot has changed for everybody in the conference, but I think specifically Indiana. I, I remember that Indiana's defense, not just in that game, but really in that period, I thought was really, really slipping. And so that gave a lot of easy drives for, I think it's Audige and uh, Boo Booey uh, to, uh, to uh, really cut into the IU defense and I thought have some pretty easy open looks at the basket. I think this is a different IU defense, though, that we're talking about now. And obviously there's going to be ebbs and flows in any individual player's performance or a team defense across the board from from game to game. But I've got to believe that IU fans can go into this one a little bit more confidence about what this team can do to stop some of that on the defensive end tonight. Yeah, no, for sure. I, mean, I think there was a um... – 
one, I just don't think they were defending that well across the board, and it got worse when you lose Trace Thompson and, and Xavier Johnson, and, and not sort of, it, it just seemed like nobody knew what to do. Uh, no, nobody sort of knew what their role was or what was expected of them, um, and they seemed to have figured that out over the course of the season. And that, that, I think, is sort of the biggest thing that occurred, is that everybody just sort of rediscovered the, 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 the level of intensity that was necessary. Uh, that, I thought, went a long way. I mean, I'm trying to remember what game it was after when Mike Woodson came out and said, you know, uh, that you know they they practiced them hard the night the day before much harder than they usually would before a game day because they just they just had not seen enough intensity and they needed to drag it out of them and whatever was going to happen was going to happen I think it was before Wisconsin I think that was the game changer I think they held Wisconsin at like forty six and that was I think the stretch where you see them kind of rediscover who they had to be defensively because that was a strength last year I mean they were they were in games because of their defense. Um, and that wasn't, you know, the case at the beginning of the year. They, they weren't winning games on defense, and, you know, I think Mike Woodson realized, like, okay, like, I've, I've got to, you know, make this the priority again. I made it a priority last year. This made them a competitive team. Somehow we lost this. we got to start over uh, in terms of reestablishing a defensive identity, and they really have. I mean, and, and obviously it had to be new guys. Uh, you know, Johnson's a really good on-ball defender that you still lose, and, and you, you haven't had, uh, you know, Ray Thompson, even when he came back, wasn't quite as, Swift as you're used to, to seeing him, but you're know, still getting him back was important. But the bottom line is, either way, whatever it was, um, they were def- they were defending better, and they, they had defended a lot better. They started to really care about it, and that's really the most important thing. Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis Star, joining us to, uh, this afternoon here, talking about IU hoops in advance of this nine o'clock game tonight with Northwestern. Take us through. I mentioned some of the key names there, but take us through this. Northwestern roster and some of the players that have helped this team uh, beat Purdue and, and find themselves number two in the Big Ten Conference right now? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the guards uh, are really the guys that stand out to you, obviously. You know, Boo Booey and, and uh, Chase Ottage have been uh, trouble for, you know, basically a lot of teams for a lot of years. I mean, I'm uh, just going, I, I'm trying to remember what the uh, one Chase Ottage game was where he just cooked them. I think it might have been the COVID year. Uh, it might have been 2020-21 where, I mean, I think he, he went off for a bunch. Uh, and, and he's been a tough cover for a lot of teams and still is. And, and so Bowie and Outage, just to start, give you, uh, you know, two guards that are, are really difficult, uh, you know, to deal with right out of the gate. And so, uh, you know, that makes it for an interesting cover. And while I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm pulling up their stats so that I, I have a better sense of what I'm looking at here or who has uh, done all the scoring here. Uh, you know, Robbie Barron is, is still a guy that's been a problem. Um, what have we got here? Hold on one second. <laughs> um, uh, let me see here. Um, you know, Ty Berry, you know, Brooks Barnes, they, they, they have some guys with some size, uh, and they played. Um, you know, I, I'm just trying to think of I'm just what all – what all they've done well this year, but it really it's Bowie and Outers that really that really you know uh, drive the train. But they've got enough play out of bigs and sort of bigger wing guys uh, to make up for a lot of the losses they have, and ultimately make them just sort of a tough team to deal with offensively. And they've defended pretty well too. Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis Star. Dustin, um, as you think ahead to what's left for Indiana's schedule, I know that nothing is necessarily easy in the Big Ten Conference. But once Indiana gets through tonight's matchup at Northwestern tonight. Uh, how do you rate the schedule the rest of the way, and what is possible for this Indiana team between now and the end of the regular conference season? I mean, I think first off, you have to say that I mean, there, there's nobody they can't beat at this point. Um, you know, I think it, we, we've we've seen that in this case that that they can hang or, or beat everybody. So let, let's look down at this sort of game by game. Obviously, they've already beat Illinois at home. 
at, at their place. So, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, it's going to be rocking, I think, on Saturday uh, when you bring those guys back in. That's certainly a winnable game for them. It's not an easy one. I mean, Illinois still got some really talented players, and, and but I think they're coming off. They lost to Penn State last night, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yes. I think Jalen Fisher went off. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that's, you know that that's that's obviously a winnable game. It's not an easy one, but at home uh, on a Saturday, you're going to get a really good crowd for that. Uh, it's you know, certainly a game that you can win. Uh, you know, Michigan State. I think they obviously, obviously can go on the road and beat them. Um, you know, the, the one game that's going to be really difficult is going to be going to Mackey, especially after you've lost, you you beat them once. Uh, they're going to be it, it's going to be a madhouse in Mackey on February 25th, night game and everything on a Saturday. Uh, that place is really going to be rocking. It's going to be not not an easy place to win. And Zach Eady is still seven foot four and you know, two, 300 pounds or whatever. It's still going to be as difficult. As, as long as he is Zach Eady and, and, and as long as he doesn't shrink overnight, uh, you're going to have some problems winning that game, and that's going to be a tough one. But, you know, uh, like all of these games are games they can lose, um, but all of those games are games they can win. And they can, you know, if they get, you know, if, I, I think if, if you get through this one only losing two, you're still in really good shape. You could probably finish second or third in the league. Uh, and But it's not crazy to think that you can run the table and make a run at Purdue. It's not totally out of the, out of the question. Uh, you know, I, I, they beat Michigan State at home. They beat Illinois at their place. Uh, I think they lost to Iowa, but I mean, I think Iowa is certainly beatable at home. You know, they obviously beat Michigan on the road, so they can certainly win that game. Uh, there's, you know, it's... It, there's there's just not anybody that's just vastly better than them in the Big Ten. Um, there just isn't. I mean, P- Purdue is close. Purdue can be on given nights, and Zach Eady is Zach Eady, and he's just a, 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 mount, a giant mound of humanity. Um, but, you know, th- th- they can beat them. They've already shown they can beat them at their place. Uh, you know, there are flaws on that team. Ultimately, you know, they, they have the biggest guy in the league and the biggest guy in college basketball. Uh, but everybody else is just okay. I mean, Fletcher Lawyer's good. Braden Smith's good. Those guys have had really good seasons, but they're not so far vastly better than what uh, Indiana can put in the backcourt. Um, and so every other position, uh, you're, you're either equal or only slightly behind them. Um, and where they have their best guy, you also have your best guy. Uh, you know, ultimately, Edie is more of a force just by virtue of being bigger. Um, but, you know, you, you have a guy that's almost as good, um, that's almost as productive at this level and does some things uh, that Edie can't do. And so you you got to crack at him. And so that they're going to have a ch- shot at winning every single game the rest of the way. There's nothing you look at on the board and say, well, that's just a loss. you got to pencil that in. Um, they can lose every single one of these two. Uh, you know, basically everybody there is, is difficult, but I, I certainly don't think they will the way they're playing. Um, so they, they, I think they're set up in really good shape. They've got a chance to make a really good run, and even if they fall short of winning a Big Ten title, uh, they're going to finish second or third in the league, I think, and that will put them in really good shape for the NCAA. Speaking of the NCAA tournament, how many Big Ten teams could we be looking at? I know right now it's just Purdue and Indiana that are ranked in the top 25, but a slew of Big Ten teams are receiving votes and obviously are going to be good candidates to get in the tournament. How, how many could it be? Uh, I mean, you could you could still see eight or nine. I mean, I haven't looked the um, you know I, I don't have bracketology in front of me right now, but like there's the fact is that there's just so many uh, teams in the league that are. Um, that are that, that are even uh, basically so many teams in college basketball that are that are close, and, or so many teams in Big Ten that are about in the same place, and that puts them in a scenario where they can put a lot of teams right right there on the bubble. I mean, obviously, uh, you got to presume you know Northwestern gets in at this point at nine and five, eighteen and seven. Uh, they're going to win enough to get in. You got to presume you know Illinois, Maryland, Iowa, Michigan State, Rutgers. 
Um, you know, then you get into the bubble with Michigan, Wisconsin, and Penn State. You know, those those teams are going to have a hard time getting in. And certainly, Ohio State, a team that I thought was going to be pretty darn good this year, is out. Um, you know, I, I think you know Penn State's going to struggle. Wisconsin's going to struggle. They've got to win some games to get themselves back in it. Um, and Michigan, even. But I, mean, I think everybody above the Rutgers line. So that gives you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, I, I think eight teams for the Big Ten is not at all uh, out of the question. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. He uh, covers Pacers now for the Star, but he's still with us Wednesdays as we talk a lot of IU, Big Ten, and more. Dustin, should be a good one tonight. Uh, where are you at tonight uh, as far as the Pacers go? They play the Bulls this evening. Wow. So uh, 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 Central Division clash uh, of old, you know, old time, and it's the last game last game before the All-Star break. The Pacers definitely need, desperately need a win Um I mean, I guess desperately. I mean, I guess at this point, I think a lot of the fan base is starting to say, "Well, uh, but what about getting back in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes?" I mean, after they've lost uh, 15 of their last 17, uh, it's mm. just been a bit of a dive bomb since the Halliburton injury, and obviously Tyrese is back, and they're still uh, having a hard time getting back up off the campus. They've lost five of six since he's returned, uh, so that hasn't made, made things any better uh, necessarily. So it's been been a really rough ride, uh, you know, for the Pacers since the middle of January, and at this point, uh, you know, there are some fans that aren't aren't rooting for wins anymore. It's sort of start you know start thinking about the potential draft picks, but I mean, obviously they they kept most of their uh, core together. They still believe in a lot of these guys, and I think they're just hopeful they can add to it, and maybe that will uh, help them make a leap uh, to being you know an Eastern Conference playoff team next year and the years years beyond. All right, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Thank you, Dustin, and uh, we'll chat again next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Matt. All right. We'll head to a commercial break. Wanted to mention this. It has nothing to do with basketball or, or athletics, but Michigan State, a gunman uh, killed three students and wounded, I think, as many as five. Uh, it then took his own life, apparently. Just a terrible tra- tragedy on the campus. I didn't see this morning if there's been any updates about when sports will continue. I know there was discussion yesterday by school officials. Are they going to let teams travel to away games? And they temporarily had shut some things down as far as home contest at the university, which makes a lot of sense. But just a, a senseless uh, violence, just unbelievable, really, that we see uh, far too often in our country. I saw they uh, found a note in the attacker's or the shooter's pocket after finding him dead that he maybe was threatening some other schools as well in New Jersey. So uh, thoughts and prayers to the Michigan State community. Obviously, that is not the stuff you want to see anybody have to deal with. So uh, it does touch, though, the Big Ten community. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And back here on this Wednesday program, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest as we talk some high school basketball in this segment. And Josh, I, I saw Brownstown for the first time last season, or this season, I should say. I saw Jack Benner last night. I did not get there 
uh, to see him take on the Highlanders of Floyd Central until just before the varsity game, and I was driving, not looking at my phone, but I heard last night the JV game at Brownstown had to be moved to the auxiliary gym because there was another backboard issue with a cracked backboard or something uh, at Brownstown. Did you see anything on that uh, yesterday? No, oh, yeah, another another shattered backboard at the Brownstown. It's becoming an uh, old hat, I guess, at this point. No, they uh, it wasn't it wasn't Jack Benner this time. It was another kid, but yeah, it happened uh, before the game. Or, so they uh, they had to replace it, and uh, uh, I guess uh, and to move the like you said, move the JV game to the other gym. But yeah, they uh, went on uh, after that, and uh, it, yeah, it's. <laughs> It's pretty funny that that, you know, happened just afterwards, uh, you know, just a couple weeks after Benner did it. And then apparently uh, during the game, Caleb Washington had a dunk on that same backboard, <laughs> but it, uh, it withstood his, uh, his dunk, so that was, so that was good. But, uh, yeah, it's, we better, uh, better make sure all the backboards are ready at uh, Ed and Albany and, what, <laughs> next week, I guess. That's right, Tuesday night, New Albany and Brownstown in one of the final regular season games there for both teams. Uh, Josh Cook, my guest, Josh, girls, semi-states this weekend, a little different because they're two-game affairs, uh, semifinal games in the morning, the championship games at night. It's basically reverse of what the regional used to be and semi-state used to be. Now the semi-state is the two-game deal. Lanesville, kind of a unique story. They've got a good ball club. They've been good now for a number of years. They are at New Albany playing, and there are some interesting connections between Lanesville and New Albany. Kind of ironic that New Albany would be selected as a semi-state host site this year and that Lanesville would be one of the teams placed there because uh, Lanesville coach Angie Hinton, a former New Albany girls basketball coach who led the Lady Dogs to a state championship some years ago with Kenitra Johnson and just a fantastic uh, ball club that she had. And, of course, Joe Hinton, her husband, the legendary Floyd Central coach that helped her with the New Albany uh, girls in that state championship run. And there's even some connections, at least one, with a player and her mom played uh, for that state championship group at New Albany. So kind of neat to see the Eagles at the doghouse I think the entire town of Lanesville will be there. I think the doghouse will be packed on Saturday with some of these 1A teams coming to town, and it should be good basketball, but I do believe Lanesville's the favorite to win that thing and go on to Indianapolis. Yeah, I would expect uh, I would expect so, too. Uh, I haven't checked out uh, uh, John Harrell's website to see who the actual uh, favorite is, but, yeah, I would assume Lanesville would be the favorite. Uh, I think they play Trinity Lutheran in the – in uh, in their in their first game, and, and I believe that's a that's a winnable game for the Eagles. Uh, yeah, it's kind of remarkable that everything's coming uh, full circle, I guess, for for Angie Hinton. Uh, you know, winning win the state title at New Albany, like you said, not getting a chance to come back. And uh, you know, if they win, they win it all uh, Saturday at New Albany. They'll be going to the state championship game. So, you know, that that'll be uh, that'll be pretty. Pretty ironic, and then uh, as you mentioned, too, Hadley Crozier, uh, one of the Eagles' best players, a sophomore, and her mom played on that '99 team. So, you know, it's uh, it's pretty pretty funny all the the, the storylines for Lanesville heading into that game, um, and um, uh, you know, and I'm sure you're going to mention Corden too, playing at playing at Jasper in the 3A semi semi state, and uh, and you know, Corden's got a got a good shot as well. Uh, you know. It, at least to win their first game, and then 
you know, maybe maybe go on. I know they, they might have a tougher game against Indian Creek in the championship game if that if that happens. Uh, and then uh, and, uh, Indian Creek, I saw was playing Bishop Shatar, the team that uh, the team that uh, Silver Creek played last year in Jeff in the uh, semi-state. So that's kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, if I if I had to pick which one, if it Lanesville or Corden had a better chance to win the semi-state, I would I would say Lanesville, but. And it'll be pretty amazing if both uh, if both Harrison County teams went on to the to the state final. That would be pretty crazy. Yeah, and it sounds like there's real possibility of that. I know Corden's going to have some tough competition maybe as the day goes on there, but Lanesville, the favorite at New Albany, we'll see if we can get two Southern Indiana clubs there at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Uh, hard to believe a week and a half from now for the girls' state championship games, 1A through 4A. Josh Cook of the News and Tribune is my guest. we got to talk more about some Tuesday night high school basketball. I thought overall pretty good showing by the area. Uh, Jeff came up short at Ballard. That's always a big game when those two uh, hook up and play here late in the season. But this Jeff team, they, they are coming on, and they showed that with a win over Jennings County on Saturday. And I think now you've got to kind of reevaluate that Seymour sectional. I still would place Jennings County as the favorite, but I think you've got to put Jeff right up there with Jennings County, maybe a step behind them. And then there's other teams, I think Floyd Central and Seymour, and well, Bedford would be maybe above all those teams I've mentioned, but our locals outside of Jeff Floyd and New Albany, uh, they've played with just about anybody. They could maybe knock somebody off, and I know Seymour has won three straight games. So uh, kind of mass confusion there outside of Jennings, the favorite, because they can shoot it, and Jeff, the athletic sophomores, right behind them there as teams that can maybe get it done. Yeah, it's going to be, of course, it'll be interesting to see what uh, how, the, how the pairings shake out on Sunday. But, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Jeff, that's, that was a big win on Saturday night. Uh, uh, I, was, uh, I, I was there for most of that game. I saw your buddy uh, uh, Clark Miles in the <laughs> locker room afterwards, you know, Mr. Nice Guy, and uh, that was a big win for, for the Red Devils. They, uh, you know, it, it was really, uh, you know, they, they got that big 20-point lead and then, uh, lost it completely, but then were able to hold on uh, after that and be Jennings. So that was kind of a, you know, that that was that was a big uh, was a big win for them. They played uh, they played well. Uh, you know, um, Trey Singleton had a good game, and then their other sophomores did too. So um, that they're really, you know, obviously they lost last night, but that's a, that's a really good Ballard team too. Gabe Sisk is probably one of the best players in Louisville. So you know that was. Uh, that was a tough loss for them, but they're uh, they're they're really solid, and I really like their chances heading into uh, Seymour. And yeah, I would definitely I would definitely say it's them and Jennings is one, and probably one A heading into the uh, heading into the sectional. Uh, so they uh, you know they've uh, I think they they they've grown up this summer this this season excuse me, and uh, I think they'll they'll continue to as, as the years go on. But you know that was that was a big win for them. I really like their chances in in March. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. You can read about a lot of the things we're talking about at newsandtribune.com slash sports and, of course, in the print edition of the News and Tribune as well. Uh, Josh, it's a great time here locally. The girls' tournament moves along. Boys' pairings come out Sunday. We'll have all of that to recap and break down uh, when we talk again. 
That's right. Super exciting. And uh, we've even got some uh, baseball weather, I guess, for the last couple of days here. So spring's just around the corner. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. And that's going to wrap up this Wednesday edition of the show. Don't forget IU tonight, 9 o'clock tip-off. 8 o'clock is the pregame coverage with Don Fisher and crew here on the Big X. So make sure you tune in for that as well to get the starters and hear from Coach Woodson and injury update and so much more that's valuable in that 8 o'clock hour tonight. Uh, But that's going to wrap things up for today. I'll be back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.